Andrew White is one of the founding ensemble members of Chicago's Tony-winning Looking Glass Theater. And the last time we heard him on the podcast, he was its artistic director. Now, he is not only the director of community engagement, he is the co-leader of a new initiative that Looking Glass has put together called the Department of Curiosity. And Andy, I gotta say, this feels like a promotion in many ways. Oh, thank you, because I was thinking like, oh, how far I've fallen. (laughs) At worst, it's a lateral move. (laughs) I'll take it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 635, Department of Curiosity. At the end of 2018, Chicago's Tony-winning Looking Glass Theater announced their new Department of Curiosity. And the minute I heard about it, I wanted to talk about it. So on Super Bowl Sunday a few weeks ago in the, as you'll hear, lively Celtic Knot Pub in Evanston, Illinois, my friend Andrew White met up with me to talk about what the Department of Curiosity is, how it began, and the possibility that it's an idea that could be adopted by other theaters. So the Department of Curiosity is in many ways an outgrowth of programming that we've done really almost since the company's beginning. We've had education programming at Little Class since 1990, so really almost since our very first season. Mainly that was student matinees and we began to do residencies in schools around the Chicago area of 91-92. So we've always had in mind how we can cultivate new audiences and new theater creators. How can we work in schools to help cultivate new creators of theater? So when I was artistic director, um, I focused a lot on building community coalitions around different main stage programs. So for example, when we did a production called Trust, which was about a 14-year-old girl who gets groomed by a predator on the internet, we worked with organizations like Rape Victim Advocates and the Illinois Attorney General's Office and other, and the Coalition Against Sexual Assault, organizations that have depth and expertise in a given field could help bring those people to our production. So in some ways it's audience development, but really they're also bringing depth and experience um, and expertise. And context for your audience. Exactly. And sometimes, in some cases, context for the artists because they would sometimes help uh, shape a script and and guide the the artists who are creating the experience for the audience. So uh, I began to do a lot of community building and community building work and working with community-based organizations around our productions. Then around 2012, working with Michael Road, who is an internationally known practitioner of something called civic practice work, which is focused on asking the question, how can artists be an asset to their community? How can they be in service to their community? In what ways can dancers, musicians, actors, theater creators, um, etc., bring their skill set, and in some ways they have a unique skill set, to challenges. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> We're all pretty excited here at the Celtic Knot about your new gig. <laughs> to, uh, it's awesome to have a soundtrack, Isn't it? Uh, finally. Um, <laughs> To, to the goals, challenges, needs that an organization or community might face. So, we got a grant from the Doris Duke Charitable Foundation in 2012 to explore civic practice work within the Looking Glass context. 
we developed five community partners who were going to explore that kind of work, or with whom we were going to explore that kind of work. Everything ranging from super tiny nonprofit organization, the Working Women's History Project, which is entirely volunteer run, focuses on the role of women in the workplace, um, historically as well as present, um, to the Chicago Park District, which is a fairly large, one might even say enormous bureaucracy. So uh, those five different projects were experiments in that question. How can looking glass artists be in service to a particular community organization or community's needs? In some ways, the lens through which I, my job as Department of Community Engagement now um, in the, within the larger Department of Curiosity, so I'm the Director of Community Engagement in the Department of Curiosity, my, the question that I look, the lens that I look through um, my programming is the question, how can we make theater more meaningful to more people? Right. And so sometimes that is uh, deepening the experience, that is the more meaningful part. So for example, the Reflect series that we have that gives us a deeper dive into each production's themes mm -hmm. and content is a way of exploring the depth, right? How can we ask questions that, that um, or, or engage the content a little bit more deeply? The more people part is how can we get more people into the theater who otherwise might not get in there? The barriers or the obstacles are too high. So how can we get more people in there? And ideally create sustained relationships so over time people feel a relationship to the institution, to the artists, to the art itself that they otherwise might not have. One of the things I love so much about this idea of a Department of Curiosity is that it codifies sort of why we're in the theater business anyway and puts it on the administrative chart uh, you know in terms of uh, in terms of figuring out the bureaucracy of theater curiosity is right there and I'm kind of surprised that the artistic director maybe wouldn't work under within the Department of Curiosity you know what I mean that's funny you say that because I think um, our artistic director was like oh God, that's a great idea I want to be the Mad Hatter I don't want to be the artistic director anymore <laughs> and I think it's because that you're absolutely right and it's a great point that putting it down um, it, it, on the organizational chart, putting that notion of curiosity, which sounds ethereal and strange and quixotic and, and you know, question mark, what? Um, that's not usually um, anywhere on the organizational chart, is very fundamental to what we do as artists yeah. and what we certainly do as teaching artists. For a while, I, as artistic director, was, try, was advocated for curiosity to be one of our core values at Looking Glass. We have invention, transformation, collaboration, and I thought, like, curiosity is really fundamental to who we are as an organization and to what the process is for artists, um, shouldn't that be also a core value? I didn't pursue that to its ultimate end, but in some ways having it codified as a department yeah. does put it on the organizational chart and in the, um, in, just in the organizational vernacular in an exciting way. The reason it's more than just a cool rebranding of the department though is because it is so fundamental to the work that we do. I, I feel like every time that we, anytime a playwright and an ensemble member comes up with a project, 
they're motivated by curiosity. Sure. Right? They're trying to figure out how what what's going on here. What is why did Melville want to write about whales? Like what's yeah. what's yeah. what was his curiosity as a as a writer? Yeah. Um, and what would happen if we can somehow cr- transplant that curiosity, that investigation onto a stage? What does that become? Exactly right. And then cultivating that. So we know that that's happening with our artists. Cultivating that among our students and among our community members, the first, and among ourselves as teaching artists. I'm curious to know what the challenges that temporary workers are facing in yeah. the factories. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what, how, why the Chicago Park District wants to re-identify uh, 15 of their parks as cultural centers. So we come to investigate and have a, an inquiry, a, a central line of inquiry and a curiosity that brings us to the table. And we encourage them, like, what, what is it? Why do you want to uh, develop these cultural centers? What are you, partner that we're working with, what are you curious about? What are your students curious about? What is it you are trying to learn? One thing that I really like about starting from a place of curiosity, too, is that it's a humbling place to start, right? Because you sort of go, I don't know. I don't know about this thing. I'm coming to you in a spirit of inquiry and um, with an acknowledgement that there's stuff I don't know and I want to learn more. And admitting that is hard in a lot of different arenas. I don't know. Saying I don't know is hard hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Teach me. I'm uh, I'm interested to learn this thing. Um, So that's kind of, but that's what a great and exciting way and a place to to start. Well, and the other thing I love about the Department of Curiosity is is that it implies it is part of a larger uh, Bureau of Imagination, which I would love to see that take hold. Hi, I'm Rebecca Dumain, the program director of the Viola Project in Chicago, and you're listening to the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Our 2019 tour continues next week at the Mayo Center in Morristown, New Jersey, then continues on with performances in Lancaster, California, Idaho Falls, Idaho, St. John's University in Collegeville, Minnesota, Reston, Virginia, Houghton, Michigan, Michigan, Appleton, Wisconsin, Lubbock, Texas, Amherst, Massachusetts, Flint, Michigan, River Forest and Effingham, Illinois, Meridian, Kansas, a week at the Virginia Arts Festival in Norfolk, Virginia, and we'll be giving two performances of William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged in Los Angeles at the Broad Stage in Santa Monica, California. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office venue and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with Andrew White, the co-director of the newly formed Department of Curiosity at Chicago's Looking Glass Theater. This feels like such an idea that could be utilized and embraced by other theaters. I mean, the reason we're talking is because I saw the Looking Glass announcement and I went, that is rocking my world and just sending fireworks off in my head because it implies so many interesting things. The Almeida Theater in London, I just read, has appointed a director of dinosaurs and robots who will, quote, develop ideas that will offer audiences a truly interactive experience, unquote. I just think that's a a great 
way to think about what we do. We can take ourselves so seriously in our business and talking about curiosity, talking about dinosaurs and robots doesn't delegitimize. In fact, it kind of legitimizes the playfulness in what we do. Yeah, and you know, you just said um, in our business, and I think understandably, and it, because it is a business, even in the nonprofit world, it's still a business. We still have revenue and expense that we have to right. hopefully make balance. Um, but a, a side effect of that endeavor is that we can lose, and especially as artists who are in the bureaucracy, we can lose track of the the thing that we got into it for to begin with. Yeah. Um, and you're right. This is a great reminder, a daily reminder right. that oh right, this is why we're here. This is the impulse yeah, that should right. be inspiring our work on a daily yeah, basis, yeah. and having it in the title, naming it as such. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, I think that's right. Will be a reminder that that's where it's not just about the financing and the accounting and the development and the right. market. All of those things are totally necessary, totally worthy of respect, totally great. Uh, let's also keep in the forefront of our mind, because it will become part of our vernacular, curiosity and the, the very inspiration. Yeah. Now, I mean, we have an artistic director, so the, there's artistic um, mission and impulse in, in, in that department. Right. Um, but how can we spread that around as, as much as possible? Well, and and again, talking about the business, this feels like the, the, the de Department of Education, Department of Community Engagement, both working under the umbrella of the Department of Curiosity. You are. This is an investment in art, uh, artists in the future and, and developing new audiences, right? Which I think is, that's hard to, uh, that's hard to quantify on this year's budget, that the investment you're, that you're making in future seasons. Yeah, that's really true. I think <clears throat> that's really true. Um, there's also sort of at the base of it, and I think one of the reasons why it has been resonant for people is that there, there's the assumption that everyone has creative capacity and impulses, even if you don't see yourself as an artist in any way. When we're working with community organizations, when we're working in every classroom, every student we believe has innate curiosity and the innate capacity to learn and the innate interest in learning and that creativity is actually a human right. And so if you extend that, then part of my mission as director of community engagement in the Department of Curiosity is to bring that impulse out to the larger community, is to make sure that we're cultivating that creative capacity in every human to whom we, with whom we come into contact. That's amazing. It's it's not only not only does the Department of Curiosity codify, bureaucratize this idea, but it puts that word curiosity at the forefront, which is a playful word, and it reminds us that what we do in the theater is play, that what we create are plays. You know, um, it's not the Department of uh, uh, artsy fartsy self importance. It's, do you know what I mean? Well, that's my particular. <laughs> I am the director of artsy fartsy AF. As I, I think, yes, artsy fartsy self-importance, if I have my acronyms right, yeah.
That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. For more information about the Department of Curiosity, go to lookingglasstheater.org slash curiosity. Then send us your new redefinitions of what we do via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks as always to Jabberwock Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Stuart Ogilvie. No reason, it's just random. Many thanks to Andy White. It's always such a pleasure having the opportunity to sit down and talk shop while eating fried pickles. Special thanks to Rebecca Dumain, the program director for The Viola Project here in Chicago. Next Monday, February 18th, The Viola Project will host a special one-day President's Day workshop called Every Inch a Queen, dedicated to exploring leadership through Shakespeare's kings, queens, and rising stars, and to getting more girls in government. The Viola Project sounds like another Chicago idea that could be adopted by other theaters. Go to violaproject.org for more information. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 635-1905ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. My final question is, are you accepting applications? Because I would love to be your minister for whimsy. I I would take you in a second, in a hot minute, um, to be my co-minister of anything. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less.